situations and conversations that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry. This is Father Tom. We are first uh, reading, we're continuing through Job, and we are on chapter 3. So this is Job chapter 3. We're going to do 1 through 10, chapter 4, 1 through 9, and then chapter 7, 1 through 11, and uh, we'll be back after that with a little bit of gospel, too. So this is my, I'll get us started with Job chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Job said, let the day perish in which I was born, and the night that said, a man-child is conceived. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, or light shine on it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds settle upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. That night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Yes, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry be heard in it. Let those curse it who curse the sea, those who are skilled to rouse up Leviathan. Let the stars on its dawn be dark. Let it hope for light, but have none. May it not see the eyelids of the morning, because it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb and hide trouble from my eyes. All right, and then Job chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, If someone ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can keep from speaking? Think how you have instructed many, how you have strengthened the feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumbled. You have strengthened faltering knees. But now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are dismayed. Should not your piety be your confidence, and your blameless blameless ways your hope? Consider now, who being innocent has ever perished? Where were the upright ever destroyed? As I observed those who plow evil, and those who sow trouble reap it, at the breath of God they perish. At the blast of his anger, they are no more. And we're back now hearing from Job again. Uh, This is chapter 7, Job speaking here. Do not human beings have a hard service on earth, and are not their days like the days of a laborer, like a slave who longs for the shadow, and like laborers who look for their wages? So I am allotted months of emptiness, and nights of misery are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise? but the night is long, and I am full of tossing until dawn. My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin hardens and then breaks out again. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and come to their end without hope. Remember that my life is a breath. My eye will never again see good. 
The eye that beholds me will see me no more. While your eyes are upon me, I shall be gone. As the cloud fades and vanishes, so those who go down to Sheol do not come up. They return no more to their houses, nor do their places know them any more. Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Our gospel reading this week is from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 17, verses 20 through 21. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. You know, I have to say I'm, I'm impressed with Job's eloquence and his suffering. I just generally curse words pour out, but uh, he's quite descriptive and almost poetic in his response to uh, his anguish. <laughs> I, I know I'm not usually so poetic. That's, that's true of me anyway. At least not at least not at first first blush. It's usually fewer words, usually around four letters long, and um, yeah, that's I agree with you on on Job's eloquence there. Of course, he he's had seven days of silence to think on it at this point, though. Theoretically, or you know, who knows when he wrote it down? Maybe it wasn't quite so smooth, you know, in those seven days afterwards, and you know after he was sitting around for a year or two trying to figure out what to write, then it came out. Or maybe there was the writer who, who wrote down what Job said and said, we can't go with what he said. We're going we're gonna to smooth this out a little bit. We need That's to tidy this up. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to wordsmith this a little bit. So Father Tom is uh, crafting a, a message to share with us this weekend. Um, Job is one of the richest books in the whole Bible. Any, any commentary on it is almost trivial sometimes because, so, I mean, thanks a lot, guys, for picking this one out. <laughs> I was just no. going to say, so we should expect 14 <laughs> chapters read directly from Job and no commentary this weekend. <laughs> I, I find, you know, let me, let me humble myself more and just say, you know, we have to, even though, what might not do any good. It feels it feels like we should respond to it in in some way. Um, it is certainly worthy of our engagement, if anything. So, um, I find I think um, one of the things that sticks out to me. I mean, the whole point. I mean, this is when we when we witness these things that have happened to Job. It's supposed to be shocking. We're not supposed to say. Yeah, that's a bad day, but you know, everybody has bad days. We're supposed to be like, whoa, that's that is I can't imagine it getting much worse than that. Um and so we are and to put it another way, we are supposed to be able to see any present um uh malady that we have in our life somewhere in all these trials and tribulations of Job. And one of the things that I take some comfort in is, you know, as Pastor Perry pointed out, that first um, 
there's there is some silence after all this happens and then um and then he opens his mouth and i think that that's such an important first step um when you face something when you face an un, when one faces an unimaginable tragedy it's so important to take the time that you need but then uh as as uh, mr rogers i think put it if it's mentionable, it's manageable, right? And so, the you know, after that first seven days, it's so important when you've had something like this to just talk about it. Even if all you say is, God, I really wish I wasn't born. And let me tell you all the ways that I wish I wasn't born. That's an okay thing to say. Um, because if that's how you feel, it's important to get that out. Now, you don't want to stay there, but if that's where you are, that's, that is, you know, your feelings are your feelings. Um, and I, my, when I say I don't want this to turn trivial, I mean, I don't want this to turn into us being really uh, poorly educated armchair psychologists, but in my experience, this has been a, a helpful thing. When something, when a tragedy happens, it's important to take the time that you need and then express how you feel. Yeah, I think you've picked up on something really important there too, and particularly with Job, one that he talks about it, but the you you said it, you know, the the first words out of Job's mouth after he's gone through this, not only is he talking about it, but he talks to God about it. He takes it up with God. And the, the neat thing about the book of Job, it's sort of like when you've, you have a, a favorite movie, and Job is one of my favorite books, oddly enough, but maybe that's not so odd for those of you who know me a little better. But um, when you've seen that movie, you know, several times over, you start to pick up on, on little things that you didn't read before. And I, I always find it interesting that Job is right up against, in your Bible, the book of Psalms. And well, I think it, you know, I said Job's language is, is poetic and how he responds. That's in part because a lot of the things that he's saying, he's picking up on or doing a little riff on the Psalms. Um, so there's, there's different points throughout what he's saying that are, you would hear an echo of or perhaps even a direct quote of a Psalm. And I think that's helpful for us when we're trying to figure out language that you know, we're, we're really angry and we're upset, but maybe we're a little bit reluctant to talk to God in such a way. Well, there's Psalms that do that and do that effectively. And they pick up on this pattern too, that angry as it is, ties into uh, a positive and hopeful theme. So in the Psalms, you get this again and again of, of God choosing someone, um, that person going through an experience of suffering and crying out to God. And then the Psalm will end with, God responding or the person's heart being turned to a hopeful um, response or um, a, a rescue from the situation, you might say. So Job is picking up on the low points in those Psalms, but it's sort of like I'm reaching out for this story that I know is part of a wider story. Um, and, and in some sense, um, you know, as Father Tom was talking about, uh, there's a lot of wisdom in Job. You could think of Job as like one giant uh, 42 chapter Psalm. So. Um, but there's just some neat things being picked up on there as you go through Job and the Psalms again and again. You, you kind of hear some of those pieces that he's drawing on. 
So as I look at what uh, Job is is doing here and where he is at, and you know, theoretically he was a righteous man, um, but these three texts to me really show Job focusing on himself. You know, my pain is so awful. It is so bad. It's you know, it would be better if I had never been conceived, if I'd never been born. You know, my world is so awful. And then his friends come and go, really, Job? This is what you tell us, you know, when, uh, you know, you say, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. You know, trust, trust in God. Things will be fine, you know. But no, now you're in your suffering and you just want to die, you know. Come on, you know, listen to what you said about, you know, said to us about all these things. And then it goes back again, and he's like, yeah, it'd be better if I was dead. And sin is us focusing on ourselves and our pain and our needs and our concerns. And as I look at Job, I see him forgetting about all the good things that he has done, all the ways that God has used him, because I've got to believe that God has used him to do, to do good things. The other night we watched Les Mis, and this uh, guy who uh, got out of slavery or prison, however you want to put it, um, ended up uh, creating a business that supported the lives of many individuals and many people. Same thing for, for Job. I mean, all those cattle and sheep and um, camels until they were all wiped out, you know, they were supporting, I had to be a, a number of families. And and Job doing things, making a difference in the world. But when, when our world comes crashing in, we forget about our presence in the world and what a difference that makes. One of the things I'm pretty sure that ELCA pastors have to do, like uh, Episcopalian priests have to do, um, is this thing called clinical pastoral education. And... Um, that's where we learn not to be uh, monsters towards people who have had something um, terrible happen to them at a, uh, at, usually it's in a hospital setting. So um, you get some specific training about how to be uh, aware of what you're bringing to a situation and um, what is most helpful to people who are going through Job-like situations, and um, one of the things that one of the things that I see or I remember, I can hear my uh, my who happened to be an ELCA uh, pastor, my CPE supervisor, um, saying is you know you you meet people where they're at. I think one of the things that we're seeing here is Job is saying where he's at, and that's not very, and that's not very much. Um, and that's one of the hard things to do, um, I think, even as a friend or as just a, 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 a fellow Christian, is uh, meeting people where they're at. Because you don't want to be where they're at, and you don't want to go where they're at. Um, but sometimes people are just not ready to hear a theological argument for why what's happening in their life is happening. I know as a, as a bright-eyed seminary student, you know, I wanted to come into a hospital room and be like, hey, I know you just got a cancer diagnosis, but let me explain to you these different theories of why bad things happen to good people. That's not what people necessarily want to hear. 
right, <laughs> as they get that uh, gut punch of a diagnosis. Um, but Perry, to your point too, we know that as Christians, and we read about this, I believe in Corinthians, um, not that long ago, we are hurt, but we're not crushed. There's always the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in which we live, through which we see the world. That keeps us, as you said, Perry, from being kind of bent in on ourselves. Um, and so I think that Job's buddies were really well-intentioned, and I think that they've got the right idea. Maybe they, maybe they came in a little early. Maybe they needed to, you know, just sit and have a beer or a, or a, I don't know, a Sioux City sarsaparilla with Job before they wanted to really dive into the theology of what was happening. But I think you're right, too, where, you know, as Christians, we're, we're called to not be bent in on ourselves. We're called to, you know, yes, our circumstances might be bad, but to be aware of all that is, um, you know, to, have, to, to plug our story into the, the larger story of the world and of salvation. I think that helps me to see that Job is um, okay by saying, right now I feel like I'd be better off dead. Um, you know, and, and because that's where he's at, that's what he is feeling at that particular time. And he is feeling that suffering. Um, and I know that I bring this up way too often, but uh, one of my favorite verses is from Romans chapter five, three through five, which says we rejoice in our suffering knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And uh, our hope is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who God has given to us. Uh, we don't see those, those benefits. We don't see that hope in that initial suffering. And that's where Job's at right now. You almost have to move beyond the immensity of the pain to then be able to see oh, yeah, um, I am getting stronger. Uh, this is changing my character. This is changing who I am. Um, and for me, I always read, read that verse for people who have had uh, joint replacement um, because it hurts so bad right now. Um, but as you do the exercises and the therapy, you will come become you know bring yourself back to normal again and it's through that suffering that that you are changed and you're made stronger and you can see the hope of of what has happened to you who is a person or what is an activity that makes you feel the world get bigger. When you've been in a difficult situation or when you are in a difficult situation, what do you find is the most helpful response um, from friends and family and community around you? And how do you, do you respond similarly when someone else is in a difficult situation? Who do you go to when you need to vent about your suffering or your situation? And do you ever take it up with God? You know, once you've come through a time of suffering, uh, do you notice changes in yourself and how you look at the world around you? 